Welcome to the Blood Cancer Experience, a podcast series presented by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. This series connects people affected by blood cancers to their community with stories of hope, healing, and help. Hello, I'm George Athens, your host, and welcome to uh, the LLSC's ongoing series of podcasts dealing with blood cancers. Today, we're speaking with Sarah Robertson in Stony Creek, Ontario. Our topic is treatment-related information. Thanks for joining us, Sarah. Thank you. Can we start with, um, let's say, uh, some information on the type of cancer uh, that you had and uh, when and at what age? Yeah, uh, I was diagnosed with uh, with an aggressive mutation of acute myeloid leukemia. Uh, I was 29 years old, and it was about two and a half years ago at this point. So when you were diagnosed, um, you had to undergo a, a stem cell transplant. Uh, can you describe your experience of being treated that way? Yeah, absolutely. I uh, So once... I was diagnosed. I uh, initially went into my induction round of chemo. Uh, I believe it was during my second consolidation round of chemotherapy that they identified uh, my uh, mutation was uh, quite aggressive. It was uh, referred to as mixed lineage leukemia. So there were some components of that that sort of align closely with uh, my understanding is ALL as well. Um, and so that's what, uh, that's what required me to also need a transplant. So I finished, uh, a third round of consolidation chemotherapy, and then I started my transplant a short few months later, they had to look for a genetically matched, uh, donor for me. They tested my family uh, and they were unfortunately not a match, but that's relatively common. And so we went to the, the international registry um, and I was able to find a match quite quickly there, luckily enough. And I had a, a nine out of 10 match, uh, unrelated donor, uh, thankfully enough. Wow. That was lucky. Can you tell us a little bit more about consolidation therapy? What, what does that mean exactly? Yeah. So the, my understanding is the induction round is sort of the kickoff and the, the hope with that is, is to get into remission. I was luckily enough, uh, to get into remission with induction and then they follow it up with consolidation, which is just a higher dose uh, volume of, of chemotherapy, similar to the induction round, at least in my case, it, it was the same kind of type or brand of, of chemo that I received. Um, and it's just at, uh, at sort of an, an immensely higher dose. Uh, and that's really to just sort of kick the cancer down and, and make sure that you stay in remission. Uh, in my case, until I got into transplant, but for some, uh, my understanding is for kind of lesser um, lesser intense mutations, uh, they can just sort of get away with doing consolidation rounds. Um, but so for me, it was to sort of keep me into remission into the, into the transplant cycle and then, and then get into transplant from there. What was the most challenging part, uh, before, during, and after your treatment? I think I, for me, it was, it was a lot of uncertainty, right? So there was uncertainty initially, uh, I think in terms of, of what, you know, I was feeling sort of sick. And so what sort of diagnosis I might've been looking at blood cancer was certainly never on my list of, of possibilities of, of things that I had Googled at the time. Uh, so that was, you know, that was certainly surprising. And then, um, waiting to hear that level of uncertainty and sort of waiting to hear if I needed a transplant, 
and then finding out that I did, waiting to hear if I would get a donor, um, and then obviously hoping that it, it was successful um, in, in sort of the long run. And, and I'm lucky to say that, that it was ultimately, but I think there's, you know, that level of uncertainty is, is a big sort of challenge. It's, it's difficult to navigate. There's a lot of pieces at play and, and a lot of different sort of follow-ups and, and uh, various testing and things that need to be done as you lead into transplant. And so it was just sort of, for me, it was sort of taking everything kind of day by day um, and really sort of narrowing my focus in life to make sure that I could just sort of get through to the next sort of milestone in that scheme of treatment. Um, and then, you know, in tandem, sort of having bigger picture things to look forward to, but really just sort of focusing on kind of the minutia of, of getting through the, through the treatment cycles. Is there any information that would have been helpful to know before your treatment? Um, I guess, I guess that it's more common than people think. I think blood cancer, you know, I was, I was sort of the first, I was the first person in, in my family really to be diagnosed with cancer. And so it was sort of this, I was immediately pulled into this kind of other world. Um, and I think that it, it would have been helpful to know that, you know, while this was uncommon in kind of my scope or my purview at the time, um, that this is, it is sort of something that does very much happen, right? I think it's one in two Canadians will be diagnosed with cancer at some point during their lifetime. And so um, for me, that wasn't something that I had experienced at that point in my life. But I think just sort of realizing how sort of common cancer can be and, and blood cancer at that um, and sort of reaching out to, I think if, if anything, I would have reached out to, to various cancer communities a little bit sooner um, and, and sought out some, some additional support kind of earlier, earlier on, whereas I kind of, on the onset, I was sort of keeping one foot in, in the regular world instead of kind of going all into, to sort of being a, a quote unquote cancer patient. Um, and so I think that would have been kind of something I, I might've changed looking back. You just talked about support. Um, what kind of support did you get during your transplanted treatment and was that helpful? Yes, I, I was quite fortunate, honestly. I had, uh, you know, incredible support from my husband. Uh, my young son uh, was always a good sleeper, so that was great for us. And, and um, you know, I had other sort of direct family support, people, uh, you know, stopping work, making career changes to come and live with us. Um, and help take care of, you know, the day-to-day -day pieces to make it a lot easier uh, and, and, you know, a supplementary sort of family support, uh, as well as various friends that were, were really great at sticking with me through everything. Um, but then also sort of reaching out to, you know, reaching out to the LLSC uh, or Young Adult Cancer Canada, other sort of cancer organizations, just find you know, find a balance between getting some level of information to feel comfortable, but also not overwhelming yourself with stats and, uh, and some of those challenging pieces, but also just sort of looking at some of the social sides of, um, you know, sitting in on, on webinars or, uh, you know, different sort of social chats and things like that, especially in, you know, it was sort of 
through my diagnosis, it sort of dovetailed right into the, the pandemic. And so I was able to sort of participate in a lot of virtual items, uh, which worked out quite well with my transplant as you're really sort of immunocompromised. You're, you're not meant to leave um, the house really, really. And, you know, you want to be very careful uh, in sort of avoiding any type of infection, but particularly at the time, the COVID infections. Uh, and so participating in various sort of virtual supports um, was was very helpful and, and really sort of made a difference in in just sort of being post transplant and uh, and in kind of that COVID question mark era of time, early 2020 and so on. Has this whole ordeal um, changed your life in any way? Is there a positive takeaway from all of this? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I mean, you know, having having sort of the level of support that I had so quickly uh, was really moving um, and is something that I, you know, you never, you're never really sure how those things are going to play out until it sort of happens. And so that, that really helped me uh, quite a bit and just sort of realizing that, you know, I have a really, really wonderful, really well connected um, support system. And then I think also just this kind of, this sort of perspective change in terms of the things that I, I value, right. I think, you know, I, I came into cancer sort of in my, my late twenties, I was very career focused at the time. I was very much sort of moving, trying to move all the pieces of my life together to sort of move me to different, uh, different positions and different things. Um, and I think cancer really sort of forced me to slow down, to focus on myself and my health. Um, and make that a true priority um, so that I'm able to kind of be around for the long term instead of just focusing on, you know, sort of those, those grander pictures, I'm able to sort of enjoy a little bit more um, and, and sort of take a step back and, and be healthy and kind of focus on really where I want to put my energy into um, to be sort of successful and happy at the end of the day. So I think it was, it was definitely you know, it's a hard experience. It's not something I would wish on, on sort of anyone, but I think it's been, you know, it's been really wonderful and I've been able to sort of take that, um, and sort of relay it into, into various aspects of my life, uh, very luckily. How would you uh, say that you are doing today? I think, you know, back to that sort of new normal, there's definitely some, some changes. I think there's some, some mental health uh, pieces that are that kind of linger, right? It's it's very challenging to go through that at, at such a young age. Um, but I'm, you know, I've been running about kind of four clicks a few times a week. I'm up playing with my son and hiking and sailing on in the summer season. It's getting a little bit cold now, but <laughs> for that, but uh, you know, we've been sort of enjoying um, kind of enjoying those those different pieces as we can and and getting back to sort of some a lot of a lot of normal life i would say a lot more sort of normal life which has been fabulous <laughs> well as we conclude this podcast i must say that you are extremely uh, well informed on the subject and all of this information is going to be very helpful uh, to others that are facing similar challenges so thanks so much for joining us today sarah Awesome. Thank you. If listeners have any questions about this podcast or need any support or resources to navigate your experience, I encourage you to connect with the community service manager in your region. For more information, visit bloodcancers.ca. 
If you liked our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us wherever you access your favorite podcasts. We also welcome any ideas for our program, so we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email with your suggestions or comments at info at bloodcancers.ca. Until next time, stay well and stay connected. Thank you for listening to The Blood Cancer Experience, a series of podcasts presented by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. We are committed to supporting the blood cancer community through programs, services, and research.